Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and as ever, the lockdown queen herself is England and Harlequin's centre, Rachel Burford. How are you, Burf? How's... We're just emerging out of the uh, the lockdown cocoon, aren't we? How how's how's that bright sunlight for you? Yeah, good. Um, we actually drove somewhere to walk the dogs differently this weekend, which was a nice little break. Um, still painting those pallets. Um, okay, how's the no, sofa? How's the sofa coming along? Oh well, I think right. It's coming on really well. I've painted ten pallets so far. No, I painted 13, three needed some touch-ups, um, and I've got seven more to go. I've got a sand, and I've got to then paint. Right. It's going to be huge. I was going to say, how big, big, is, how big is the sofa? Um, well, it's going to be three metres by three metres. Wow. And are you going to sort of use a bamboo cane as a lever, and then the, sort of foot, the foot bit comes out the back, at the bottom? And you lean back on it, something like that. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Wow. Get a little, um, do some little stools, put your feet on. Not that you'll need to put your feet on because it's as wide as a single bed. Um, but I think it'll be ready by the end of summer. <laughs> 2025. Yeah. No, it's well on its way. So we're just waiting for pillows to arrive, our big cushions to arrive. Um, and yeah. Nice. So that's been keeping me busy at the weekends, yeah. Good, great stuff, great stuff. Yeah, but but uh, basketball hoop went up the weekend. Oh so, yeah, how many shots did you miss? Um, do you know I've, I've all of them. Yeah, I, I've not really attempted. I've I've hurt my shoulder trying to start the strimmer. Yep, genuinely. Um, and you haven't watched the last dance yet, have you? No, I haven't. Have no. You got well, Do the free trial for a month with Netflix. Right, okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm just coming You're to welcome. the end of a, another free trial with MGM. Yeah, I, I refused. Got Still got Sky, I got Amazon Prime. So literally, I mean, you could sit and watch television for about 14 years nonstop. And I just kind of refused yeah, this to... this is the, the do... greatest sporting documentary ever. What? Better than Cool Runnings? That's not documentary that was a film no, I, I can't believe you didn't take that as a joke enough of the uh the meandered chat yeah great show uh, ahead of us today um we're going over to new zealand having been to some uh, areas where rugby is less known malaysia and iran over the last couple of weeks yeah over to new zealand you're talking to stacy flula Stacey Wacker, she's, she's better known, uh, to give us a little bit of an insight into her new book and obviously rugby returning in New Zealand as well, which is uh, really, really great news uh, for the game, not only in New Zealand, but uh, but around the world. We've also got Jill Burns coming on as well. She needs no introduction. Her Majesty, uh, to talk about a missing World Cup birth. Did you know about this? Well, I remember... Um hearing her talk about it another time, but I am so excited to find out the, the detail behind this. But also, not just, like, excited about it, we need to find this cup. Like, we can't have a missing World Cup. That, that's, like, that's criminal. A team and the captain, winning captain do not know where that cup is. Somebody must know. Somebody must know. Well, look, we're, we're going to... Speak to her later on. But first, let's get out to New Zealand and get our first guest on the show.
still just 24 years of age and already really becoming a, a New Zealand great, a Commonwealth gold medal winner, a World Cup sevens winner and a 15s World Cup winner as well. The lady they call the Smiling Assassin. Well, a huge, uh, huge WRP. Well, good morning, good evening to uh, to you, Stacey. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, are you well? Yes, I'm very well, thanks. Um, it's been interesting times here in New Zealand, but we are down to level two, which means we've been able to kind of expand our bubbles. So good to see friends and family again. And actually, one of your teammates says that you know, you're very organised, you get lots done and that you're, if there's a big job to be done, you're the one to call in to help. So what have you been up to in lockdown? Oh, it's been very busy, Beth, honestly. Um, I've been doing lots, learning heaps. I've been, I've, I introduced myself to TikTok. I always thought I would never do it because I do not like dancing, but there's some very cool challenges on there. I've been watching, I've watching yeah. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm baking. Um, I've been spending lots of good quality time with my family. Uh, I rarely see them, obviously, being away on tour all the time. So it's been really, really cool to connect with them because we don't get the time together. Um, and yes, I'm a planned, organised person. <laughs> I love kind of off very well planned schedules. So <laughs> I know what I'm doing every week. It, it kind of keeps me sane and knowing what I have to do, um, write, writing lists and whatnot. Um, yeah, it, it just makes me happy and that's where I find my comfort. <laughs> so are, you, are you the type of person that likes to write everything they want to do, tick it all off nicely and be like, yeah, I achieved all of that today? De- definitely. But <laughs> there are times too where I'm like, okay, I want to do this by Wednesday and I don't complete it. Which is all good. I know life gets busy, um, and sometimes I can't complete everything. But yeah, what, whatever I can do um, and plan for, I try and get done. <laughs> and one of the biggest things, I think we'll just jump straight in there, is you've been working on a book, which is now mm. out and it's released, and you can pre-order. Is that right? Yes, so correct. <laughs> can you give us a little bit of a snapshot of it, to like a teaser, to get people interested and buy in the book? Yeah, so last year, I guess, I knew someone who knew someone who knew someone, so always <laughs> connections. You never know who you're going to meet wherever in the world. Um, and they were very interested in getting athletes to write um, books for children. Um, I guess here in New Zealand, there's a lot of young kids who don't really like reading, so the concept of reading a book from, I guess, role models in the country who are, um, are achieving big, great things on the world stage would be quite relatable to them just to, you know, help them learn, not just about our story, but actually just reading a book and learning different words. So when I got asked to do this, I was a little bit hesitant at first, um, but the way he did it and the way he, um, I guess, asked me questions and wanted, it made me feel really comfortable, really easy and it only took about two two or three months to do, um, to write it, to get all the pictures that we needed. And so, yeah, um, I, I guess in terms of why I wanted to do it was one of my values in life is to inspire, to empower um, our younger generation coming through because they are our future. And I thought this was the perfect avenue to do that through my story 
do the visual of words and also pictures. So yeah, that's probably a little bit of insight into why I did it and I I don't know where it's going to go from here, um, but whatever's to come with the book, I'm, I'm ready and excited. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible. And I've, I think, you know, not just the story, that's one part of how incredible it is, but the fact that, you know, you're a female, you're a sportswoman and you're paving the way. And like we recently had Catherine Spencer in the UK launch her book and now, mm-hmm. now you're launching a book like, Hopefully, you know, this is going to have like a really good ripple effect. And and instead of people coming to, you know, like yourself to write books, suddenly Mm. people start to go, do you know what? I'm interested in writing a book. So it's Mm -hmm. got so many layers to how amazing and incredible that that book is. And I can't wait to get one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess too, I've always had a dream to write an autobiography. And I thought this would be the perfect stepping stone. so I will get that one day, but a children's book will do for now. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was a cool good start. Definitely... I mean, yeah, maybe you'll bring out a series of children's books and then you'll have an autobiography. <laughs> I, I hope so. Well, maybe. <laughs> we'll see how things go. But, yeah, it, it's been pretty cool. And I can't wait for people to, I guess, hear my story a little bit. Well, it's and like... is that how – sorry, go on, you go. No, all I was going to say was I, I was I was quite quite concerned with it with the title um, that it didn't say part one because I mean you're only twenty four, <laughs> yeah, and you've done all these <laughs> unbelievable things. Look, people, you know, don't know we, we've given you a little intro there before talking to you, but you know, um, Commonwealth gold, gold medal in sevens, gold medal <laughs> in uh, in fifteens, twenty four. You've already bought your own book out. I mean, where, where's to go now, Stacey? You've you left yourself nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, trust me, there's still more of the story to come. I have so many more goals. I know that I have won some pinnacle events, which I'm really grateful for. But like we said, 24, I still want to do more, um, not only within rugby, within sport, women's sport in general. And I'd love to do things all around the world because I have a passion for helping others and traveling. So if I can link those together somehow, then, yeah, that'll be a dream for me. Because your, your background is actually netball, right? Yeah. And you represented the Silver Ferns in netball. Um, I went up the ranks in New Zealand and then uh, in netball, and then I made New Zealand touch. So kind of similar qualities, you know, to transfer over to rugby. Just had to learn how to tackle. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I did play a lot of sport growing up, which probably helped my sporting abilities. I guess. I was saying, when did you then transfer over over to rugby? Was it because that that ability to to not be able to tackle, as it were, properly in netball, that you had to t- to to transfer <laughs> to, transfer to rugby because the tackling was yeah, just a little that, too physical in netball? Definitely a factor. Because <laughs> then I could do it without getting in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Were you one of those players that's always like contact? It's just stand next to the person because you're always in contact against them. Occasionally, nah, yes, <laughs> I was, but you know, it's just for the pure passion and competitiveness, you do what you're going to do. Um, 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 where, where did you see that 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 passion and, and why have you for for, for rugby? Was I mean, obviously you, your brother's a player as well, represented uh, New Zealand seven side. Did 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 you see a snapshot of his life and that passion and whatever, or, or was it through through friends playing? Playing rugby, where where did that uh, so say that switch over from a round ball to a oval ball come from? Yeah, well, I guess growing up, I did watch my brothers and my dad play, and I've never once thought of playing rugby. Um, 
I was always like, no, I want to be a silver fern. I want to play touch for New Zealand. That was my kind of future. That was my avenue. And I guess when I decided to play at school with my friends, just to have fun, more opportunities came. Um, I saw a pathway. I saw that it could be a full-time career. I saw the travel. I saw, you know, I saw all of that. And the more I played, the more I enjoyed the sport. And I guess the passion came from that. So I was a late starter. I probably didn't find the real passion until I left high school to go to university, um, where I played for um, the uni and then I further on made Waikato Provincial. And that's where the real fuel and the fire and the passion came from. So, yeah, a late starter, but no regrets, no looking back. And I'm so stoked I chose rugby. <laughs> I think the rugby world's happy as well. Well, probably not people who play against you, that's for sure. Um, I mean, when you look at that Black Ferns um, New Zealand team, I mean, the the talent that you guys have is unbelievable. And you've got the likes of Portia Woodman and Caleb Blythe, and you think they just haven't got another person that could fit in there. Like, they can't have another one that talented, and they don't need another one. And then you've kind of, like, burst on the scene, like, in the last two seasons, like, on the back of... 2017 World Cup, where you caused us loads of problems in the centre. Um, you then kind of, I don't know, you've just been on like this uphill um, kind of, not curve, but this trajectory. Just, there you go, thank you. That's what he's here for, to bring some big words. Um, and you just, you like, you haven't stopped. It's just on this continued drive up. And like some of your, like I spoke to a couple of your players, like just to find out a little bit about you. And they just talk about like your hard work and your dedication. And obviously that's all behind it as well. But you sound so goal oriented mm. and you seem really focused. And and I guess like, the question I'm getting to is next year is obviously a massive year. We've got Olympics and we've got a uh, rugby world cup. Now we had um, your captain, Sarah Hirani on, and mm-hmm. she was very much like, if I get the opportunity to, but I'm doing both. So, what? Where is yeah. that for you? Where's that sitting? Yeah, I'm definitely goal driven, and I do want to try and compete both at the Olympics and at World Cup. What better place to play a World Cup than at your own on home on home soil? So. Yeah, I definitely want to do it. Um, and yeah, I guess in terms of my last two years, I think of it as probably timing and opportunity. Um, we all know that Porsche kind of had that big injury back in 2018 and she hasn't played since. And I kind of had to try and step into her shoes. And I didn't want to play like Porsche because I'm Stacey, but... I, I just really wanted to seize the opportunity and, and it was my time to kind of get that game time. And I, I've stood behind a lot of people like in my short career so far. And for me to get that opportunity, I jumped at it. I worked so hard behind the scenes and I thought, I'm just going to take it as it comes. And yeah, it, it's been a big few seasons. But I when I when I want to achieve something, I will, I will really work hard for it. And a little story I would just want to tell is I've been in the middle of creating my own website at the moment and I think I started it last week on Tuesday and for four nights in a row I stayed up till two o'clock in the morning trying to perfect it and trying to um, make it good because that's just the person I am. I'm like, oh, I'll sacrifice sleep for four days, I guess, and kind of make it up next week. But yeah, I, I guess when I want something, I'll work really hard and I'll make those little sacrifices here and there. Enthralled by, by what you're saying. Two things I wanted to pick up on was, um, 
Where does that drive and passion come from with 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 you ladies playing playing rugby in New Zealand, whether it be fifteens or, or sevens? I mean, we, we go back a few years and you were hardly playing any tests in between World Cups, mm-hmm. and you turn up and, and I know you've got a very strong domestic competition, which you know, great news is is back late August, and we'll perhaps touch on that. But um, you just seem to get better and better and better. W- w- and, and, and even when you're holding both cups, whether it be Sevens World Cup and Fifteens World Cup, you still turn up and, and compete, you know, um, at an incredibly high level, and still have that utter drive to win. And it's not just you, but but the entire squad. Where does that come from? Uh, I guess a big part of it comes from my family. Uh, I grew up with two older brothers, one older sister. Um, and they were all super competitive. Um, so I guess I inherited that gene, and I always wanted to be challenge them and be better than them, even if I didn't win. So that drive and that motivation to want to beat them probably started as a kid. Um, and, you know, every kid playing sport, you, you want to win. You play for fun, but at the end of the day, you still want to win. So I guess that just kind of crept into my rugby life and... I don't, for me, I don't just want to be a good rugby player. I want to be a good person. So I know that balancing out life and balancing out sport, if I have my off-field kind of down pat, then I'm happy off the field. Then on-field for me is quite easy. Um, There's less stress on my brain. I'm worrying about less things because I know everything in life is kind of balanced out. And, yeah, that, that helps me out knowing that if, if everything's all on par, um, my family are well, my friends are well, life is well, then rugby is well. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's how I kind of see it from my point of view. And I do everything to make my family proud. They've given me so much growing up. So me playing rugby, good rugby on the world stage, I know makes them proud. So, yeah, that, that's a big part of my motivation. No, see, the other thing I wanted to, to, to pick up on with you is we, we've spoken about the, the opportunity of potentially Olympics and then almost back-to-back straight into a, a 15s World Cup uh, and the opportunity to do that. How, how easy do you find that that transition between 7s um, and 15s? Yeah, I, I don't mind it too much. I, I know they are completely different. Everyone thinks, oh, it's just rugby, 7s to 15s, and we know there's if you know like there's different components of fitness um skill set um so it, it is quite tough but I know with the right resources the right coaches the right people around me they make that transition easier and in terms of planning in terms of body management um as long as they know how much we've done and how to manage that then it makes things easy for us because we, we learn the skills of rugby through both. Um, it'll just be the little finer micro skills that we'll have to kind of down pat because AS 15s, you don't really throw 20 metre passes like you do in sevens. So just learning how to do the quick transitions from if I'm playing centre out to my winger and whatnot. So it, it can be tough sometimes, but like I said, when you want to do something and achieve something, You'll do anything for it, towards it. Let's talk about that. That World Cup. How much greater motivation is it being at home? Oh, massive! Um, 
it's our pinnacle sport here in New Zealand. To be on home tour, we know. I th- I feel like every athlete knows. Like you play at a home crowd, and the feeling is just completely different to wherever you are in the world. Um, you know, it gives you. I always people always ask me, "What's it like playing at home?" And I say, "It's like you've got these superpowers, these extra superpowers, and you become this new player. You're still yourself, but all of a sudden you have all this en- more energy." Um, more positive vibes because the crowd was 100% cheering for you. And I think not only is that going to be special for us as a team, but just for the growth of women's rugby in general. Um, yes, we're a well-known team around the world, but there are still people in New Zealand who don't understand the importance of women playing rugby. So to let them grasp that kind of concept and how our younger kids coming through understand, hey, they're playing rugby, I can do that too. It's going to be extremely important for us. Um, so, yeah, really, I think it'll be amazing and I can't wait. If I'm playing or not, I hope I am, but, yeah, we made it ready. <laughs> so do we. And so where, where's, um, where are you at the moment in terms of lockdown? So you're now in phase two, is that right? Yeah, phase two. So um, what does that mean and what does that look like? Yeah, well, everything's mostly back to normal. I guess the only thing is there's no more than 100 people at gatherings, so no big sporting events. Um, but all pretty much all the shops open. You still have to social distance two metres, but you get to go and have your coffee or, you know, go out for dinner. They don't recommend it, but you, you yeah. need that fit sometimes. So... Um, we're, I'm actually based in Tauranga, near the beach, which is quite cool, that's where we're located. Oh, nice. um, but we get to go on holiday for the next six weeks. Um, so, yeah, going to miss my teammates. <laughs> so you've just had ten weeks without them, and now you get another six weeks without them. We do, oh we do indeed. <laughs> I bet you, look, you guys won't stay away from each other. No, probably not. And we've been given the all clear to play some Farah Palmer Cup, which is our, I guess, local provincial rugby competition over here. So, for like I said, growth in women's rugby to have all Black Ferns and Black Ferns Sevens players available and released to play in this domestic competition, it's going to be huge for our country and something unheard of, like we haven't been released like this in many years, but the opportunity is here, so we're, we're taking it. We just want to play rugby. <laughs> Absolutely, and you almost think, you know, they're thinking a lot of these girls are potentially going to be involved in that 15s World Cup. Let's have a look at them. Let's see where they're at. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, you talked about having that right resources and understanding and, and trainers knowing what they need for their athletes. Like, what a perfect opportunity to kind of have a little look in Think, you know, this is what Stacey's going to need or this is what, you know, she's mm-hmm. all right in that area. We need to focus on this or help her out there. Totally. That's golden for, for New Zealand, It's probably going to be cool too. Is we actually, so we're getting released to our different regions. We're going to be playing against each other. Um, we're Ooh. having a little, ju- we're usually playing with each other. So to play against each other, it's going to be so cool. And my flatmate, Teresa Fitzpatrick, we get on like like this, and she plays number thirteen, and I play for Auckland, and I play number thirteen for Waikato. So we're gonna be marking each other, which is so weird, but it's gonna be great. <laughs> the competition's gonna be fun. Yeah, it will be so good because you know each other so well. So you're like, I yeah. know what you do with that foot, and I know where your thing comes from. And- Exactly, yeah, oh, exactly. Nice. <laughs> Let's just hope friendships are, are there still at the end. I know. I said, please don't run it straight at me, and I'm just going to try and run around from you because she's one of the best tacklers in the team. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you pretty much run around all through everybody. So, 
<laughs> Which we'll try. We'll see. Uh, it's been a while since being on hit field. <laughs> so is that is that all the sevens girls are going to be playing fifteens? And some it's, of those girls have never played fifteens. Is that right? Yeah, just just to get some game time in. Really, like it's been. A, if we don't play another tournament till what's next on the card, potentially Dubai, and even that might not be in. We just want to play. Yeah, <laughs> and anything we can, we're, we're going to try. So yeah, it'll, oh. it'll be fun. I hope I hope it's like broadcast or something so we can watch because I'm really interested to see where some people are going to slot in. I remember when yeah. Portia Woodman first came over. She was also netball, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. And she, she came was. over and we were playing in New Zealand. And I remember Carrie's like, oh, you know, trying to play her down. It was like, oh, she's come from netball and she's done touch. She, like, she won't really tackle. Literally in the first minute, she picks somebody up, runs back like three metres with them and jumps them. We were like, she can't tackle. Oh. Are you joking? <laughs> I think he, oh, I think he secretly knew how good she was, and then was like, "All right, I need to like need to let our wingers be give a bit of confidence to them." But yeah, so I'm very excited to see you know where the likes of some of the players are going to slot in. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and it and um, positions wise, is everybody in the backs or we've got a couple of girls going in the no. flank? Well, definitely have some flank. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah, will be in the flank then. We've actually got a new girl who's just come out of school, Dice. She's she's a beast, um, and she'll be in the flanks too. So, yeah, not most of us are best, but we'll see some <laughs> in the flanks, which is kind of it's really cool to see. Um, yeah. And who's going to be um, playing with you from the team? Oh, I, I think only one other. Two of our halfbacks, um, four sevens, Shayal, she's my other flatmate, Robin's Bessie, and Tanika Willison. So. They'll probably slot into maybe first five or full back. Um, it'll be cool playing with them again. It's been a while playing for my province. <laughs> oh, it sounds really exciting, and I hope we find a way to be able to watch it from here. Yeah, well, yeah, we hope so. And for me, I'm excited because that's where it all started. Uh, I just I couldn't have made the Black Ferns without playing for my province. Um, so to go back there, give back to our community, the roots of where my journey started. Um, it's going to be amazing, and there's so many young talent coming through. So for me to be able to share my knowledge that I've learned, I guess, over the past five or six years will be pretty cool. It's all very well saying you might come play for your province, but, I mean, that's that's clearly not good enough in, in Stacey's world. You know, you had lockdown. <laughs> you've written a book in lockdown. You've done a website staying up all night to get it finished. What, what other goals <laughs> have we got for this next six weeks then? What, taking over the world, sorting out Donald Trump? What's, you know, there, there must be some other... <laughs> ambitions in there as well to tick off i actually do so the reason behind the website is yep to kind of sell my book online but i'm in the also in the middle of creating my own online business um and as part of that it's i'm creating a course for people to kind of share my experiences and journey with with the phrase of living a healthy and balanced lifestyle so like Beth said before, she's talking to my teammates and I'm this planned and organised person. I have so many commitments. Like I do so many things and that's just me. I like being busy. So I thought if I could share to people how I juggle being a professional sports player, being a wife, um, being a daughter, um, studying on the side, um, going and doing media commitments for Sky. Like there's numerous things that I'm doing at the moment. If I can share that, the different processes and different ways I kind of balance that out, then I think it might help others. 
So yeah, I'm I'm in the middle of creating that at the moment, um, an online course. It's like a six-week program that people subscribe to. So yeah, it, like I said, to inspire, to empower, to influence. One through my book, two through my online course, and three playing rugby. Really, <laughs> just throwing all those hours of training as well on top of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly. And trying to still train at a top level. <laughs> I enjoy it. I really do. Right, I've, I've, got to, I've, got to, I've got to go. I've got to go make something of my life. Sorry, I've just got to go now. <laughs> God, you make people yeah, so, know, right? feel so inadequate. I mean, what are you doing, Birth? Birth Academy, come on. Should be, should be global, come on. <laughs> Don't worry, Birth, I have been looking up to you and I think what you're doing is amazing. So thanks, thanks for doing what you do. Oh, thanks, hon. <laughs> I'm inspired to do more now. might stay up till two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's not watching Netflix though. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's, there's learning documentaries. Fine. Perfect. There you go. And um, I just want to touch on like we've been on what the call for you for like 30 minutes now, and you literally your smile is infectious. It's always beaming. <laughs> you always seem really positive. Um, and like your friends say this about you as well. I mean, what? Where does that come from? Like, you just seem to have this real strong positive outlook, always happy. I mean, you made Johnny cry about four times during this interview. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, you, you're just so lovely and you talk about being that good person. Is that, again, like a family, cultural thing that's kind of been instilled from you, with you? Yeah, yeah, it is. And a lot of it has come from my experiences in life. Um, I guess I've achieved lots of things, but there's been so many different challenges through it all. So it's helped me realise, first of all, you can only control the controllables. So I'm not going to get down about things that I can't control because, you know, it's not in my hands kind of thing. And I always think to myself, if I have a positive mindset about things, then positive things come back. Um, But I don't want to be a negative person and I don't want to attract negativity around me. I just want to be that happy, I guess, driven, passionate person who can help make a difference in people's lives. So, yeah, that, that's probably a big reason why. And I know I've been given the nickname the Smiling Assassin on the real TV. <laughs> um, and I do well, that's smile because a lot. you're like you're in a pain cave. You've been playing for like 14 minutes, and you've got to do a 100 meter sprint to like win the game. And you've literally got this the biggest smile on your face, where everybody else is kind of hanging and dying. But yeah, you're still smiling. It's amazing. Yeah, rugby just makes me happy, and yeah, I don't know. You have your moments, and I'm going to be honest. And my flatmates know I'm not always happy. Like it, it looks like I'm just constantly happy, twenty four seven. Like you know. Um, All right. So, but... so what does what does Stacey look like on a bad day? Then what would we see? <laughs> you wouldn't. No one would see much. It's all behind closed doors. Oh, what about yeah? So what about the husband? Does he get it? Oh, is it? <laughs> He gets it. He 100% gets it. It's so funny. He's like, oh, why, why, why do I have to put up with this? <laughs> that is my work on, you know. I have to be the same person at home as well as on the road, as well as everywhere around the world. But he, he, he loves it. He enjoys the amusement he gets from me and my emotions and my little attitude I do sometimes get from stress. Um, my life's not perfect, but I do try and be happy and if there's ever a negative situation I'll just try and be positive about it 
And you, are you one of the, the team leaders on that side of things? You know, you see people are down, they put your arm around them, pick them up. And if you, if you feel yeah. there's a bit of a negative or just a bit of a, you know, not a great vibe, you're the one that kind of picks the group up and... Yeah, I, I can definitely sense, like, I'm a feeler. I think I, I've got my... I inherited my mum's gene there. She's a feeler. <laughs> kind of scary. But when you, you can feel people's vibes and emotions and how they are and... As you may know, as you can tell from tonight, I can talk. So for me to have a conversation with people and, you know, just help them in certain situations, then, yeah, that's pretty cool for me knowing that I can, my words can potentially, it, it might not change people's mindset or might not help them, but as long as I know in my heart I'm doing what I can do to do it, then, then that's all good with me. Yeah, I think your actions kind of speak so loud anyway as well, just like, soon as you start talking, your eyes light up, you're smiling, and it's infectious, yeah. it really is. It's kind of embarrassing sometimes. Like I watch myself on, like, media, you know, you go do a post-match interview or, I don't know, yeah, something. Yeah. I absolutely hate myself. I hate watching myself. But, yeah, it, it's a work on to try and just be chill. A bit more chill. A bit more chill. <laughs> I'm no, like, and I, this isn't a Christian. I think it's brilliant. And Johnny will probably come in here as a pundit as a, um, and a, a commentator about that. But you answer a question and then it's like, bang, smiles back on your face. You're like, yeah, what's the next one? Tell me, tell me. I think, like, that's a great trait to have. And I think, you know, the fact that you are just you, in front of the camera is what is great about it like there's so many people that are media trained and you know go from kind of you just won a game and now you're being all serious like you're buzzing off that and you see it and it's it's incredible yep. Johnny what do you think if you, had, if you got the chance to interview Stacey like that on the side of the pitch well I, I just think it, you know in media you know and it takes it takes most of us mortals um a long long time to to, to try and be as much as yourself on camera or on a microphone that, that, than you are in person but i mean if a press officer or, or sort of life coach wrote down answers to our questions today you'd have literally it would have been the most ultimate answers you've given us and yet you're being completely and utterly <laughs> honest um genuinely sat here Really, really, truly inspired by you. Um, what a what a delightful young lady, and yeah, tru- truly inspirational. That we'll, we won't take too much more of your 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 time up. The only thing I was going to ask to sort of finish up with was, um, we've obviously got uh, rugby back in August. You're a very driven person. We've spoken about that already. We've got some work on behind closed doors with the husband. <laughs> Let's not talk about that anymore. We'll, we'll move on we that quickly. Um, <laughs> But what 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 was the next two, three, five, ten years hold for you? What what, what do you want to achieve? Um, my my guess, my biggest rugby goal is to go to the Olympics. I missed out in two thousand and sixteen. I was kind of new into the team, didn't get that opportunity. But to come four years ago to where I am now, I think I definitely have improved as a player in terms of skill set, in terms of just being a person, really. So that that's my ultimate goal is to go to the Olympics. Uh, I would, I, I can't. I do have a plan for what I would like to do, but I can't predict that. So five years, I would still love to be playing rugby. Hopefully, if my body can keep it up. <laughs> um, hopefully, still go to another World Cup for sevens. Go to another Commonwealth Games. Um, and yeah, kind of just. Just see where life goes after that. Kids are in my plan. <laughs> I would, 
then you won't be smiling. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it would be cool, like, having a baby and the drive and the motivation to come back as a rugby player again would be pretty massive as a mum. And to try and do what I do on the world stage with a baby would be pretty cool. And I think it could be something other people look up to and understand that it's possible. So, yeah, baby in there somewhere, but still would love to go to a world Oh, it's pretty Yeah. Just in between, you know, seven series or something like that. We just <laughs> put one out. Yeah. You know, Olympics baby, <laughs> Olympics baby, yeah. Olympics. You know, that's how it goes. You know, easy, just, just, just standard it's stuff. It's a bit of luck, actually. So, in a way, COVID's done you a favour by getting the Olympics and um, the World Cup in one year. Mm, I see. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, right, okay. I've had children's book coming out. Right, it's all making sense. I, I honestly have. People are like, oh my gosh, are you pregnant? No, guys, no. <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. A few more years away. I, I still, you know, I'm still young. I still have a few things to achieve. For first, but yeah. that, those are kind of my goals. And in terms of life goals, continue my online business and just see where everything comes. I, I love, I just love meeting new people and connecting i don't know so whatever happens i'll i'll, I'll gladly take things with open arms <laughs> brilliant your best moment um in a black jersey my debut um and that's for the black ferns 15 only because you know it, your first time representing your country on the other side of the world your family your friends and everything it's, it's hard to explain but yeah so you were 19 <laughs> weren't you 19 yeah i was yes so, and that was yeah. 2015. 2015 versus Canada, in Canada. Unreal experience for me. And the best tour of my life, probably. <laughs> oh, so we heard it here first. Favourite is 15s. She chose... Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, <really not. laughs> Got you. <laughs> you got me. Stacey, it has been genuinely uplifting. Yeah, lockdown's getting a bit tedious uh, uh, over here. And just to hear you talk and that, that, that passion and excitement of, for me, going back to, to where it all began in Waikato um, and, and giving back to the game. Just genuinely, really uplifting chatting to you. Um, and hopefully, you know, from a personal point of view, I'll get to meet you in person along the Seventh Circuit or, or the World Cup at some point. But thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy playing some 15s. Uh, and all the best with the book um, and the business. Awesome. Thank you so much. It was definitely a privilege to speak to you guys too. So thanks for having me. I'm Sarah Hunter, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. What a truly uplifting young lady she is, Berth. Uh, I mean, we, we were on Zoom there. She, she can hardly talk through her smile. She literally smiles all the time. So uplifting. Yeah. Such a joyous person. Yeah, it was really, really uplifting. Just kind of being feeling like you're in the room with her. You know, she has lifted your spirits. That beaming smile. Um, and just the way she talks with passion and desire and care and love for what she does. And it was really, really inspiring to talk to her. I think from afar, you see all of that. And then to get the opportunity to, you know, be 
you know, I know it's a Zoom room, but being in a room with her, talking and just feeling that vibe, I mean, through a screen, imagine being in a room with her, imagine her being your teammate. That is kind of like, wow. Uh, it was really special for, for the pod, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously that news of, of rugby returning to New Zealand, uh, August 22nd, I believe, uh, the MPC kicks back off. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great news. And, yeah, truly uplifting lady. I mean, her business proposition should be bottling her smile and selling it. My goodness. Be, uh, <laughs> yes. be, uh, I'll take some. Very I'll buy you lady. some now. Yeah, I was just going to say, I'll get you a double dose. Uh <laughs> Look, there is some more more other good news floating around uh, around the world in seven days. Uh, Remiss probably didn't uh, didn't mention it last week, but uh, Gloucester, Harbury, Loughborough, Saracens, Harlequins, and Wasps raised. Well, no, they they rode, didn't they? A huge distance. I'm trying to get on my up on my computer now. How much did you go for? Two thousand eight hundred five point one miles. Uh, yeah, we smashed it. For the, the the Around the World in Seven Days. GoFundMe.com forward slash F forward slash around hyphen the hyphen world hyphen in hyphen seven days. And that's the number seven at the end. Just about got that one out. Great uh, great effort from uh, from all the girls. Uh, good fun to do? No, probably not fun. But do you know what? It, it was a little competitive fun, edge it coming out, wasn't like, it? Yeah. Yeah. And like everybody was submitting their miles each day on the group. And, you know, we thought we were really on track to win this thing. And because they were bringing a few things out as well. Moss were quite behind us. So they kind of came out of nowhere at the end. Um, but no, it was really cool how something that's quite simple got the whole team behind it for a really good cause, supporting Amy Cocaine for, for, as the captain for for this for us um no it was good fun it was really good fun um and we were pleased to beat Saris this year that's how we took it <laughs> yes you got a win one win against them staying with the premier 15's news didn't mention again uh Cheltenham tigers and gloucester harbour have announced a partnership for uh, the 21 22 season obviously that's going to help with that reduced uh just uh playing squad that uh, gloucester harbour will have so yeah that's a Suspect a good partnership for for both sides. Sales Sharks continue to uh, to rein in with the signings. Obviously, uh, building a squad from from scratch. Uh, Beth Stafford, Scarlett Fielding, Freya, Helen, Alice Colton, and George Paris, Karis Hall uh, in there as well. Some uh, some decent signings there as well, Berth. Yeah, again, you know they're showing their intent. They're getting everything in order before. Whenever that preseason might come, played against Carousel on a number of occasions. One of the quickest players in the game. Um, I'm surprised she's not had a little, a little look at sevens. Really, she's that fast and that agile. Um, but no, look, they they're building, aren't they? Um, and I think you know, Katie's probably had a bit of an influence on this as well. And it, it it's really exciting actually to see South Sharks, you know, come up with a statement um, and they're following it up. They're getting their players and they're getting their things in-house. Um, and they're probably one of the only clubs that we're hearing lots from at the moment. I know other clubs might be fair longer than that, etc. Um, but yeah, it's exciting to see what they're going to produce. Yeah, we're, we're saying a building, obviously have to build from, from the ground. Uh, it's a consolidation I'll put my teeth back in. Uh, for Worcester and uh, Joe Yap's mob, uh, Brooke Bradley, 
under 20s, England under 20 scrum half, and Al Febrek, uh, the England under 20 front rower, have extended their contracts as well. News coming out of Richmond, who of course going into uh, the championship next next year. Uh, Mike Panaho stands down with immediate effect from his role as, as head coach. Uh, sad to see to see Mike go, but I suspect probably fairly inevitable with uh, with Richmond dropping down from the top league. And continuing the uh, the good news, lots of uh, social media action on end of season awards dinners and what have you. Uh, so yeah, we rather remiss. We we haven't uh, said who who particularly won the won the leagues below the uh, the Premier Fifteens level, which of course was uh, declared null and void. So yes, let's go through the playoffs scrapped, obviously with the coronavirus situation. So in the Championship North One, West Park Leeds ladies were declared champions on points difference over Cheltenham Tigers. Uh, in the Championship South One, Old Albanian Saints took the title. In North 2, Sefton Ladies. Uh, in Midlands 2, so we're, yeah, we're now in Level 3. Buckingham Swans, congratulations to, to them. South East 2 was Hammersmith and Fulham. And in South West 2, Reading Abbey Ladies. Congratulations to, uh, to all of you uh, on fantastic, although truncated seasons. Many congratulations from everybody at the WRP. Why do we get our second guest of the day on a lady who needs no introduction whatsoever? Jill Burns, MBE. I'll give her a short introduction then. A World Cup winner and former England captain, uh, trailblazer in the women's game. Reveal a bit of a mystery on uh, social media this week. Jill Burns, thank you so much for, for joining us this morning. We've just been talking off there about your, your, your amazing mother and the energy that... Uh, she brings to the world. What, what, else, what else have you been uh, up to uh, in this little lockdown period since since we last spoke? More, more singing and dancing for the masses? We're still, yeah, still singing and dancing for the masses, yeah. Tried a little bit of an energetic dance, uh, which we're going we're to do for this Friday. So um, I'm not as fit as I used to be, as I was absolutely exhausted at the end of it. But uh, I'm trying to keep fit, going out running every other day. Well, I say running shuffling very slowly but i'm um, getting out and moving which is the uh, the main thing so yeah just keeping trying to keep fit keeping the house tidy keeping on top of the garden and sewing my uh, cushions which is my new my new job oh wow so in sewing cushions out of sports kit so how yeah. good's that oh, cool. yeah it's uh, it started what? off with, uh, with clever inventive everything like that how's keep hold of your memorabilia in a good way well that's that's it well i had so many shirts uh, and my mum it was my mum's idea a few years ago uh, made cushions out of my club waterloo my county lancashire north of england and an england shirt i had four wonderful cushions and everybody loved them and i i'm reasonable at sewing so when i finished work um teaching i thought i need to do something to boost my because i finished early i've only got a very small pension so i need to do something to boost that um so I've been practicing, and I've I launched in March. So it's not ideal because I've not had much business yet because I haven't pushed it obviously due to the current circumstances. But uh, it's ticking along, and I'm uh, getting there. And I've been doing other sports as well, golf. Uh, I've just done a couple of cycling jerseys, but I've got a bag full of rugby kit there to to convert. So uh, yeah, it's uh, a sport related but different career linked to my my rugby life. How cool is that? And if people yeah, did have a, a few spare pennies at the moment and fancy, fancy doing that, Jill, 
uh, but obviously I understand that you've put it on the back burner. Where, where would they find you? Um, the, well, the, the company's uh, Kushti Kit, so I've got a website. So if you look for Kushti Kit oh. out there, you'll find the, there's a Facebook page or Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 ticking along slowly at the moment, but I'm sure it'll it'll improve once the word gets out. But yeah, it's a different sort of life, but uh, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it, and it's it, it's a great honour that people trust me to look after their treasured sports memories and uh, make them into into uh, souvenir cushions. I've just done a Commonwealth Games uh, cycling year, which was a privilege to do, um, from 1978. So, uh, yeah, old, not technical fibre like these days, old, thick, worry oh, stuff. But, uh, that's so cool. Lovely to do, lovely to do stuff like that. And, and they look good. So, yeah, it's a nice something different amazing there you are you heard it here first 20% discount for you and I birth now for saying that brilliant <laughs> uh, <laughs> I tell you what isn't I tell you what isn't Kushti Jill is this missing cup now that's the the, the, the yeah. reason we've, we've we've given you a call today and thank you thank you very much for, for coming on tell us about this missing cup then because uh, you went on social media 1994 original world cup women's world cup is missing what when did you last see it tell yeah. us more well it's the, it was the one that was bought in '91. Um, Sue Dorrington and uh, Debs Griffin, Mary Forsyth and Alice Cooper, the four of them who set up that first World Cup, uh, decided to buy a, a beautiful old antique, you know, he, heavy silver cup. Um, it cost a lot of money back in 1990, so it's a valuable cup. Um, I last saw it in about 96, 97. I can't exactly work out when, but it was during that year. I took a school trip. Um, to the Middlesex Sevens, and the kids, one of the kids who went on that trip is now in her, in her 40s, probably. Uh, she remembers seeing the trophy um, in what she said, the women's corner, because there was a little cabinet uh, with the, the, the cup, a shirt, and a little video on loop of, of some of the tries from that World Cup final in the old Twickenham Museum. So that was 96, 97. Um, and then subsequently, I went with a few other school trips because I used to regularly take take the kids down to play in tournaments and visit you know international matches and things and it wasn't there and asked a few questions a few years ago and it everybody said we don't really know where it is so um certainly the, the, i think it's phil at the museum didn't have any record of, of where it had gone afterwards um so i spoke to a few other women who were prominent in rugby at the time uh, carol isherwood was working in the game and she said she thinks it maybe went missing from a road show but her notes are all in a lock-up in Basingstoke somewhere, so she's not entirely sure. Debs Griffin, um, who was in charge of women's rugby then, um, she basically said that you know it, it sort of sort of went missing and they couldn't find it when they were looking for it for the '98 World Cup, and nobody really knew where it was. So it disappeared somewhere along the way. Um, and our worry, and Deb's worry in particular, is that because it was a valuable cup, you know, a couple of thousand pounds back then. Um, somebody's pinched it and melted it down. But my big hope is that there's some administrator out there, some wonderful volunteer who has worked for hours on it, you know, gone to a tournament with kids, maybe thrown some bibs and some tags in a cardboard box and at the bottom, the cup might just be there. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping it's, it's still out there. So if we spread the word and the photograph, you never know, somebody might be able to shed some light um, let's hope somebody's sort of accidentally been keeping it in their garage or in the loft or something like that yeah no better time but, yeah. right? with, with, with lockdown to, to have a look at that uh, that box somewhere but yeah look we, 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 
We've piggybacked on uh, uh, onto onto this campaign, Jill, and um, hashtag Find the Cup ninety four. We're going to try and push out on all our socials and and try and get this cup found because it's a it's a very brilliant, important, very important piece of uh, memorabilia. One, one, just just final question, uh, Jill. You said where's where's Pickles when you need him? Isn't can, Pickles the, the, you... the dog that found the the Jules Rimet trophy ah, when it went missing? Ah, there you go. Ah, oh, your sporting knowledge is far, if My memory, my memory is dreadful, Johnny. But I think the dog that found the Jules Rimet uh, trophy when it was missing was called Pickles. So that's what I mean, anyway. Even if he wasn't called that. No, brilliant. <laughs> you know, your, your memory's far greater than mine. Um, look, Jill, that is absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for for joining us today. Look, if you don't mind, we'll sort of we'll keep talking to you um, and keep sort of updating our certainly our listeners and whatever as to how the search is going and, and how it's progressing. If that's all right with you. That's great, yeah. Certainly, let's let's ask people, and you know, even if there might be a a criminal out there, turn good who can admit, I'm sorry, I pinched it and melted it down. At least then we know where it's gone. But uh, let's hope it's in a box somewhere, and somebody's uh, somebody's going to return it to HQ. And, and maybe you know, yeah, like you said there, Jill. Like if maybe somebody didn't want to admit that they've been hoarding it for all this time and just want to drop That's it right. off. That's also absolutely fine. But we've absolutely. got to get this. We've got to get this trophy back. Yeah, let's please find it. It, it. Let's hope it's still out there somewhere. Great stuff, Jill. We will we will speak to you soon. We'll let you get back to your cushions and your garden. And uh, thanks very much. Yeah, I'm, big... I'm very much enjoying listening to you both. Keep up the good work. I'm Annie Keepless, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, let's start this campaign then, Berth, shall we? Find the cup. This is ridiculous. I mean, imagine if you'd lost the 2014 World Cup and never found it again. Have I, you could, s- I couldn't even imagine it. So we need to. Well, I, well, obviously, you don't get to keep that cup, do you? It, it then travels back or every four years. But the point being is that the original is, is nowhere to be seen. And we've got to find that because that's a part of history. That's a part of, you know, the women's, you know, DNA, we've got to find it. So we need to call out everybody that can help who was ever a part of, you know, whatever happened or where that cup went. Um, we need to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Do you know what? Easy. I've got a very easy solution. We just get Stacey on it. <laughs> Done. She, she would, yeah, she'd no, find it about five seconds. Right, okay. I'll drop her a DM. We'll get a on it. Well, let, let's, uh, what should we do? Uh, like a hashtag, find the cup. 94, yeah. Find the cup, 94. Nice. So anybody, here's anything like that from, from Jill Burns or us or anyone else on sort of women's rugby platforms, please share it, please retweet, ask the questions. Look, we're all in sort of lockdown or whatever. Have a clear out. It might be the back of your wardrobe. Who knows? One of those players. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, find, find the Cup 94. A few shout-outs uh, this week for your birth. Thank you very much, everyone, who's, who's got involved. Um, yeah, we, we asked about the sponsors question on, on Instagram and a few few ideas coming back uh, from that. Uh, yeah, some general chat about the exposure and, and people quite rightly asking about those, those rights uh, and whether you know, games can be can be televised, you know the, the the quality is certainly there, and the exposure if you can see it, 
etc uh, etc et then then obviously that's that's really important as well but uh, thank you for, for interacting with us uh, a couple of shout outs which we were remiss didn't do last week uh, Jenny Sheehan who's uh, in Auckland but from Dublin and Isabel Labascagne in the south of France who's listening as well so uh, yeah appreciate your support keep listening uh, and if you haven't done already then yeah do drop us a line do do drop us a, a rating uh, and any comments feedback more than more than happy to uh, to read and, and and listen. It's your pod as much as it is ours. I've got one shout out as well. Um, Dalry's got in touch on LinkedIn saying um, how he started up an international virtual rugby club and they've got over two thousand members. Um, and he's going to be sharing our pod on there. So I thought we'd give them a bit of a shout out as well. So hello, international virtual rugby club. Awesome what you're doing, um, and make sure you rate our pod. Oh, I quite like virtual tackling, then that's good. Because <laughs> you don't that, have to make a tackle. Yeah, we could do the virtual sort of post-match celebrations, but yeah, we don't have to do any tackling. That's brilliant. Yeah, well, that's it. Uh, apart from to tell you, next week we have lined up none other than Shawnee Williams, uh, the Australian legend of 15s and 7s, of course. And we're also hoping to hear from Angela Ruggiero, uh, the only female board member on World Rugby's council so uh, yes be interesting to hear her from uh, from the states as well we are still trying for build by one thanks very much uh, to Susie at world rugby who's trying to sort that out for us yes we're uh, trying to trying to tie bill down for a, for a future date so uh, yes looking forward to uh, to hearing from him we've also got the plans uh, patricia garcia from uh, from spain as well so there's plenty coming up as we move towards our 40th weekly pod birth can you believe it Wow. Doesn't time fly when you're having fun? 20 weeks. Yep. I don't know. Johnny, on that note, what an amazing job you are doing. And it takes up so much of your time. It's something that, you know, you picked up and you're just doing without going on a course, without learning, you know, the ins and outs. You're You're learning as you go and you're bringing such brilliant content to the world around the entire globe. Um, so thank you from me, what you like to call me as your pod wife, um, and from all of our listeners, because it is really appreciated. Well, that is very, very Don't kind cry. indeed. No, no, I'm just, uh, just holding it back. I oh, know no, that's, <laughs> that's really kind. You know, it's a bit like Stacey, isn't it? You, uh, you do, you do things that you're passionate about and, and, and make you happy and, uh, yeah, driving the women's game forward, whatever little part we can play in that is is hugely important but uh yes what lovely words thank you thank you very much for that have a in the meantime have a have a great week and we will speak to you next time stay alert be well and stay safe until next time